This is Ibarian X, and welcome to The Candid Frame. This episode of The Candid Frame is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code Candid Frame. One of the best parts of my job is having the opportunity to meet talented, interesting, and committed artists. This past summer, we're meeting up with David Hobby in Paris. I met today's guest, Kale Friesen. We hit it off immediately, and when I had the chance to check out his site, I discovered how talented a photographer he is. Whether it's glamour, fashion, portrait, or street photography, his work is consistently good. We began by discussing why photography has become his singular passion. Well, um, you know, I grew up in a house where uh, art was very important. My father, you know, uh, and my mother both supported myself and my brother as, you know, from the age of about four on with tons of sheets of paper and all the crayons and markers and charcoal, everything that, you know, that we could ever have. And so I really grew up doing a lot of painting and drawing and and just being an art lover. Um, And, you know... There was cameras around the house. It wasn't a huge thing with us. Um, but I think at this point right now, it's really the fact that I can meld those two worlds together. And I and it's really the fact that, you know, it's I can get to that final image so much quicker than painting. I found that I'm not technically uh, a great artist, but now I can use the camera and, you know, Photoshop and post press processing to, to really, yeah, to achieve a vision that I have in my head. And, and that's really what, uh, you know, is the most fascinating part for me. Absolutely. Were your, were your parents creatives or were, or were they just creating in a, a supportive environment for your creativity? Oh, I, yeah, I, absolutely. My father, you know, uh, did a lot of illustrating and was a musician. So, uh, you know, in my family, we have a lot of musicians. And so I really grew up as well playing music. Uh, that was a huge part. Um, my mother, not so much, but yeah, she was very, very supportive of it. So, you know, we grew up with a lot of music, a lot of art, a lot of art books around the house. And, and that was, uh, yeah, I think that was very important to, you know, in my formation as a, as an artist and a photographer. Yeah, because I wonder sometimes about that. Because my my parents weren't necessarily creative. My my mom enjoyed photography, but she didn't practice it with any regularity that had an impression on me. Mm-hmm. But then I hear of other people who grow up in a household with either either parent or both were really creative, actively creative people. So I always wonder in households where you had that, um, what you felt you learned beyond merely seeing someone being creative was there a, a work ethic or or something else that you picked up that felt or ended up being really influential in your own creativity yeah i think it was just the fact that like there was no pressure you know we it's not like you know we had music around us but my you know nobody ever pushed us and said you have to play guitar or you have to play drums or anything it was just really um you know it was something that you could practice on your own 
Um, and it was, yeah, I think they just, they just love that, you know, I could use my skills as, you know, as an, as a painter or as an artist to, to enjoy my time by myself, to have quiet time together as a family drawing. Um, it was really something that brought everybody together in our family for sure. Well, I love the, the fact that you just mentioned that the, the idea of that solo and that quiet time, because as a photographer, when you're not, of course, doing stuff on an assignment, it's, you it can be a very, a time where you spend a lot of time alone. And I think to some degree, you have to be comfortable with that. And for me, it, it's it's sort of a double-edged sword. Sometimes that that aloneness can be really great, but sometimes it can be really detrimental. But it also can help inspire my uh, my creativity. How do you find that in, in your own work? Well, I really, I mean, my favorite thing in the world is really to just have my camera and to be in a new city walking around by myself. That's really... Um, you know, it, it's, it's that quiet time, even though you're surrounded by maybe thousands of people in a big city, it's still like I'm in my own little bubble and I'm there as an observer, observing everything that's going on around me. Uh, that's one of my favorite parts of, of traveling with a camera. And then when it comes to the studio work, you know, that's a big collaboration and you're working with all these people and you're communicating. Um, and the flip side to that, that I love as well too, is when I'm doing my retouching or I'm working on projects at home, I really am alone. I'm alone with music on, or I'm listening to a podcast and it's just, it's very meditative. Yeah. I think it's just, uh, I've, when it comes to art and all those sort of, and, you know, and any creative endeavor for me, it's always been, uh, you know, I've always kind of chosen that sort of solo path. I think, you know, I grew up skateboarding as well, too, which is something that, you know, you, you don't need anybody to do that. You know, you can have your skateboard, you go out in the street and you can enjoy and you can, uh, you know, you can explore your city and you can, you know, just just have that quiet time by yourself. On the flip side of that, again, is is music where I collaborate with the guys that I play with. Right. So so it's kind of it's a balance between the two things, really, I think, of of, uh, you know, the collaboration aspect and then also the meditative sort of reflective time where you're working by yourself. When you started getting serious about the photography, I know that you do uh, fashion stuff, you do portraiture, you do street. When you really started getting serious about photography, was it the street that was the first allure or was it portraiture? What was it and why Why did you uh, uh, find yourself drawn to whatever that was? Well, um, I moved to, to Paris, France in 2006, um, and I had just kind of a basic little digital camera. And I mean, the first time I went to Paris, when I came out of the metro, I was just instantly flooded with inspiration. And I just was so wowed by the architecture and just the, the, the life on the street and everything. So I just, I don't know, I just, I knew that I needed a camera in order to sort of record these feelings that I was having. And so it was a friend of mine uh, who's also a photographer. Uh, his name's Joel Fraser, um, one of my best friends. He would come visit me all the time in Paris. And he took me to the uh, Fondation uh, Henri Cartier-Bresson, which is uh, you know one of the founders of Magnum Photo Agency. And the first time I went into there, into that the foundation and saw his original prints, I was blown away. It just really, that was the exact moment uh, of where I really became obsessed and fell in love with photography. It was just the fact that just with a camera, um, you know, you can create these situations or, or, or put yourself into these situations and, and just observe something beautiful in the mundane. I think that's really, that was definitely the moment for me. You said something interesting in terms of your desire to pick up the camera that you wanted to be able to capture what you were feeling. 
not just what you experienced. And uh, that's a very different way of, of approaching the reason why you want to take a picture of, a, of an experience like that. What, tell me about that specifically, about the, the challenge of being able to create images that not, not just document what you see, but what you felt. It's, it's, it's difficult to explain because, because I, I don't know, I find myself to be a very emotional person. I'm, uh, you know, things that I find beautiful um, are very emotion driven and not necessarily about it being a tack sharp photo or, or, or certain colors or shapes or anything. So I think that it's, you know, if in all of my work now, you know, I'm, I, I, I love the idea that we can so easily post process and work with photographs now. And that's really, you know, if looking at my work, everything, even if it's a street photograph, when it comes to the post processing part is really me trying my hardest to, to get across to whoever's looking at that, the emotion that I felt in that situation, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, a desaturation or black and white or, you know, the colors and it's, yeah, I think it's really just, it, I'm, I'm just a very emotion driven person when it comes to my own work. And, and, and I, and, you know, I hope that that comes through in, in, in my photographs that I make. Did the fact that you were in Paris, one of those photographs cities in all the world and, and the sort of creative community that exists there have any influence in terms of your development as a as a photographer did did it help you take the focus off merely focusing on the technical to be able to better focus on the the aesthetics and the emotional potential of a photograph oh for sure i mean i think i was very technically naive when i began taking photos when i had moved there um and you know i think that sort of innocence was really, uh, it was a crucial point for me because, uh, you know, I mean, seeing, you know, uh, paintings from the Louvre and all these great places and, and photographs as growing up of Paris, you know, I don't think I really understood, uh, you know, the, the importance of that city in the art world and the history of art and, and of poetry and writing and everything. So I think that it's like, I had this very, um, you know, I think I had really fresh eyes. I wasn't jaded about anything in the city. Um, I just really, it, it just became like a playground for me, you know, where I just felt like I could explore the city and get to know the culture and the people and, and, you know, and also be, you know, uh, on the outside of it because, you know, I, I really didn't know the city well. I didn't, uh, it took me about a year and a half to learn French. So I was really, you know, it's kind of like being someplace where you, you don't understand anything that's happening around you, but you enjoy that, you know, I, I love that. I like being out of my element and, and, um, and, you know, I think the technical part of photography slowly developed, uh, over time. And also I was very fortunate because, um, I had a friend, Greg, who is French and he took myself and another friend to a lot of abandoned spaces in France and in Belgium, which was incredible. We would go, we would, you know, for the day we would drive to Southern Belgium and go to, an abandoned uh, castle and just spend the whole day shooting there. And really that I think helped to develop my eye as far as my own aesthetic and my, my own preferences towards composition. Um, and, you know, again, it comes back to that, you know, it was solitude there. We would, all three of us would go in different directions and we would just spend eight, nine hours wandering around taking pictures. Um, and then when I would come back to the city, it was, you know, um, it, it was the complete opposite of that, really. It was trying to, you know, trying to find solitude in that chaos again. And and how did you start having an interest in, in portraiture and, and eventually fashion? 
Well, I think that, you know, I mean, being exposed to um, Magnum, all the Magnum photographers work in street photography and conflict photography. Um, that's where I really fell in love with the idea of photographing people. Um, you know, in the beginning, I was photographing them in their element. And then, uh, you know, like so many people, once I, you know, I moved back to Canada in 2009 and I met my wife and um, she is a hairstylist. So she wanted to start taking pictures of models and hair stuff she was doing. So I, you know, with her help, I started looking at uh, fashion photography and that really was, you know, um, that was a very, very important thing for me because it, it allowed me to integrate my art and also now, you know, the human being in, into the photograph, which, uh, yeah, which I think is, um, where those two things kind of came together, really. What aesthetics or, or, or practices of doing street photography, urban photography, how did those things help you and how did they play a part? in the work that you were doing with your wife and with your fashion photography? Well, I, I kind of see them as, as two separate things in my mind, but I think that, um, I think it's composition really. That's the biggest thing. Uh, I didn't go to any art school. I didn't take any formal training. So, you know, when you don't have that basis there, I think that, you know, there's a good side and a bad side. Uh, I think the good side is that you're free from the rules. Uh, and the bad side is that you don't know when you're doing something bad. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that the street photography really just, yeah, it just, it let me be free and it let me, uh, you know, realize that there, that, you know, you, there's going to be a lot of elements that are going to happen in street photography that you don't control. Um, and you know, I tried to take that into the studio as well with me too. Um, the experimentation side of it as well too. Um, I think, you know, starting off taking street photos, it really, um, yeah, you have to, 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 to push yourself and to, and to, you know, to, to, to develop yourself as a photographer, you have to experiment. I think it's one of the most important things. And yeah, and I think that that sort of experimentation and that freedom, bringing that into the studio has, has, and, and into my fashion work has, has really helped with that for sure. Yeah. When you transition into working in the studio, that adds a whole new set of complications. You're working with a model, you're working with lighting, you're you're working with the expectations that, in this case, your wife had in terms of what she expected and wanted for the photographs, uh, which are very different from, you know, sort of just taking care of your own desires when you're on the street. So to talk about all of those sort of complications, for lack of a better word, in terms of being able to produce consistent work? Well, I mean, technically, I, I you know, uh, I, I had no clue about lighting, really, when I came into, you know, into working in the studio. And that, you know, myself, like many, I think, young photographers, it was David Hobby who really introduced me to the power of lighting, uh, the power of using strobes and flash in your work. I, you know, I think that it really that it, I think it took me a longer than it probably should have to get to where I was happy with my studio work just because of the fact that I didn't have any, you know, background or any really idea about what I was doing. Right. I mean, like looking back at old work, sometimes 
I just laugh and I, you know, and I wonder like, what was I thinking at that time? You know, it's really, it's incredible. So yeah, I think that, you know, there's, there's an incredible amount of challenges there and that, and, and it just takes time and it takes, you know, not getting discouraged about what's happening and, and, and being positive and just working at it. Really. That's, that's what it comes down to. I, I just, you know, when, when we weren't actually working in the studio, you know, my wife is, you know, she probably will never let me take another picture of her again. <laughs> she was always my muse. And, you know, and, and every time I would see a picture that I liked or, or a lighting scenario that I liked, I would say to her, okay, I'm going to set up the background and get the strobes out and like, okay, you know, and yeah, it was, it, I mean, I still have that excitement today. That's the thing is when I, th- when I think back on it, you know, of that first excitement of, of being able to just create whatever mood or image or feeling that I wanted. I think it's such an incredibly powerful thing. And, uh, and yeah, like I said, I, it still excites me when I have a shoot coming up every single time I'm excited about the possibilities and, and, and yeah, and, and the experience of working with other people and the collaborative sort of experience that I have with that. I think it's, it's, yeah, it, it's a wonderful thing. Absolutely. Well, tell me about that collaborative process because that, that something can be very difficult for people. A lot of people like working alone because they have complete control over the entire process. But when you're working with a model and a makeup person and a stylist, all of that introduces other people's uh, points of view, aesthetics, but you're still the photographer trying to create a singular vision. So tell me about that process of learning how to effectively communicate and collaborate with other people. Well, I think that it's one of the most important things is surrounding yourself with people who are as passionate as you, number one, um, because they're going to work just as hard as you to get that final image. When it comes down to working in the studio, you know, everybody is equally important. You know, the photographer is not more important than the makeup artist or the model or the stylist or the hairstylist. It's really, um, you know, it's it, everybody has an equal part in, 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 in making that beautiful image happen. So it's really, you know, I think surrounding yourself with people who, who love what they do um, and finding people that are, are like minded as well, too, because you don't want to be struggling or battling or feeling like, you know, that, that you know, you're going in different directions with the people that you're working with. So, uh, it takes time and it, and it took me, you know, a lot of time to find the people that I work the best with. Um, but you know, I was very fortunate to have people that believed in what I was doing and my vision. Um, and my wife as well too, you know, I mean, we both are so very passionate about photography, about fashion, uh, about art that, you know, I mean, we have a dialogue you know, that's been going on for, you know, five years now of, of, you know, what we think is beautiful and, and, you know, and working towards a goal of just creating something that satisfies our, our urges to, to, to be creative. You know, one of the things that uh, I think really makes your work stand out is that the work is really about style and fashion, as well as you know, a wonderful aesthetic as far as photography is concerned. When I see people who are sort of starting out or aspiring to do this kind of work, uh, what they end up producing is an image of of a pretty girl, not necessarily a fashion photograph. So if you could, from your perspective, explain what you think makes that kind of photograph, if you can put that into words. Well, uh, (laughs) it's, it's, it's tough because, um, I don't, 
I'm not somebody that is concerned necessarily with something being traditionally beautiful. Um, I think that um, there's, for, for me personally, a lot of the mundane things in life can be beautiful. And I think that some of my favorite uh, fashion photographers aren't just necessarily focused on making somebody look beautiful. Uh, they're concerned with, uh, you know, with the entire picture, with the whole picture, really. Mm-hmm. With um, in fashion photography, you know, I mean, we think it's all about the clothes, and you know, I mean, and in some manner, it absolutely is. But myself, you know, some of my first influences, uh, which were like Nick Knight and Solval Sunsbow, their work really is—it's the perfect melding, I think, of art and beauty and clothing and makeup. So I think it's—it's it's really all about. Um, just having a vision when you go into the studio and, and not thinking, you know, necessarily that, you know, I need to make an image that will go in sports illustrated or an image that will go into, you know, fit into a traditional fashion or beauty category, but rather a picture that tells a story, I think. And now I'd like to take the time to thank our sponsor. I share my images on Facebook, Flickr, and Tumblr. And while I enjoy the community that exists there, there came a time where I wanted to have more control over how people experience my images online. When I began using Squarespace, I discovered that I could control the entire viewer experience in a way that just wasn't possible with these other photo sharing sites. Where once before I had the TCF blog separate from my personal photography, I was able to consolidate everything into a single site that's clean, easy to navigate, and which looks truly professional. Find out for yourself by taking advantage of their 14-day free trial. You don't need a credit card. Just create an account and just go for it. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code CANDIDFRAME to get 10% off and to show your support for the show. Squarespace, everything you need to create an exceptional website. So walk me through your, your process in, in as concisely as you, as you can in terms of, you know, the vision that you have and eventually making the, the photograph. Are you, a, are you a person that uh, sketches things out? Do you have a, a, like a, a really detailed production book? Um, how, does that, how does that work for you? The process really begins with a mood board. So that can be, you know, other fashion pictures that I really love. Um, it could be a piece of art. It can be music. It can really be anything that has inspired, uh, you know, inspired my, uh, my vision for, for, for the shoot, for sure. I begin with, yeah, just the mood board, first of all, like I said, um, and then speaking with my wife because, you know, we basically collaborate on everything that we do. The next step really is to to put the team together. Um, so I'll speak with a makeup artist. Uh, you know, I have several that I work with here in Vancouver regularly. I really like to see what other people are feeling at the moment. I think that it's fashion is such a beautiful thing to shoot because – you can go backwards in time or you can go into the future. There's no, you know, I mean, we have trends in clothing, but those things can be mixed together. They can be, you know, uh, you know, they can be just, just a a minor inspiration to what you're going to do. 
they really just, um, yeah, I, I love that. That and again, it goes back to the sort of collaboration, right? Where I, I speak to the people that I'm going to work with. Um, we put together a vision. We talk about what we're, you know, what we're all trying to achieve or what we're kind of all feeling. And then we, the next step is then to find a model that can really sort of bring that whole thing together. Really. Um, I think that the model is an extremely important part, um, for any shoot. And it doesn't even mean that the person has to be a traditionally, you know, a traditional, you know, model person. It can be somebody that has a great personality or somebody that is very comfortable with themselves and able to be in front of the camera. I think that, you know, for a lot of photographers, we spend a lot of time worrying about the technical aspect, but we don't think so much about what it is that we're photographing. And I think that's, um, that's for me personally has become, you know, it, it's grown to become a very important part of, of the, of the process. You know, what I like about the, the, the models in your photographs is that they have a sense of, of presence. And I think that's one of the hardest things to elicit from a subject matter, uh, as a photographer, how do you, how do you achieve that in your work? Is it the, the fact that the models have a certain level of experience or is it, due to your ability to be able to draw that out of the subject as, as well as being aware of everything else that's happening within the frame? It's really, um, it's an extremely difficult, uh, I think that's the most difficult part of making the picture for me is really, is when you're working with models, a lot of them are quite young. And whether we like it or not, you know, lots of them can be self-conscious or can be in the beginning not as comfortable as they can be, you know, in front of the camera. So I think it's really, when I arrive uh, on set, the first thing I do is I walk over to the models, I introduce myself and, you know, I have a quick chat with them. I think it's that, you know, I mean, when it comes back again to portrait photography, which is, uh, you know, is that aspect of building a rapport right away, making somebody comfortable. Uh, I think that's the foundation to a successful shoot for sure. And then from that point, I think it's once they get in front of the camera, um, you know, every photographer has their own method. Um, you know, some people are very demanding and aggressive as photographers. I find myself to be uh, a very relaxed, you know, I think pleasant person to work with. Um, and I think that when I put the model at ease and I let them know that what they're doing is great, um, and I gently let them know about the things that aren't working, I think that that really just allows them to be themselves in front of the camera. Um, and then after that, it's really understanding that that person, uh, that you're shooting, uh, you have control of, of, you know, of, of how they're presenting themselves. So it's kind of this back and forth dialogue of, of, of wanting that person to be themselves, but also to, to, to putting them into a situation that is going to give you the composition, uh, the look and the feeling that you really want. When you're shooting, you have this vision, you know, that you've set out for and you've communicated that with your team. You have the mood board as reference. You have your model in front of you. And that still doesn't guarantee that, you, that you're going to get it because it can be there's so many things that are you, you can prepare for. But there's that unexpected sort of X factor that uh, is always necessary and always necessary in order to sort of elevate the, the photograph from, from just the, the sum of its parts. So for you, you talk about being an emotional photographer. Does that gut thing play 
sort of the critical role in being able to bring all those things together? And can you give me an example of a moment where that was the case? Yeah, I think that um, not being afraid to experiment is what really can sort of get you out of that hole. I mean, for sure, uh, I've had shoots where I've been shooting and just been, you know, uh, been really not happy with what's happening. Um, and I think that a big problem is, is that is, is as a photographer, if you just keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing, I just think that that's, that that's going to end up with you becoming frustrated and maybe the model becoming frustrated and the rest of the team. So, you know, when we get into that situation, I like to take a little break. Um, and really what I'll do is change my lighting. I'll, you know, I'll maybe step back from the model and, and shoot, you know, start shooting some full bodies to get their whole body moving. Um, it's really, yeah, I think it's, it's just not being afraid to, to just say to everybody, okay, we need to take a break here. Let's step back and, and, you know, let's try something different. And, you know, honestly, I can't think of, uh, you know, a shoot where that really didn't sort of resolve the situation. Mm. I, I honestly can say I've never come out of a shoot saying we really didn't get what we wanted. Um, and I think that is, is, is just, it just comes from that, you know, from, from losing that fear or losing that anxiety and just, and just allowing yourself to, to experiment and be, and to be free. Tell me a little bit about the, the photo community up in Vancouver. We talked a little before we, we started in terms of, uh, you know, the, the, the fashion business up there, but could you give us a little background in terms of what it, what it's like for you to have both a creative and a fun and a business uh, as a fashion and portrait photographer up in uh, your part of the world? Well, Vancouver is really, um, it, it's an incredible city. I, I think that it draws, uh, you know, a, a massive amount of really creative people. Um, a lot of people who, you know, come and spend some time in Vancouver and then move on to other things or other places. I think it's just sort of a breeding ground for a lot of really great creative people. Um, and I think that comes from the fact that it's a challenge. We don't have big designers here. We don't have uh, a big fashion week. We don't have, um, uh, you know, a, a well-funded or a well-backed community. It's really a lot of people who are taking the initiative on their own to create that little community. Um, as a photographer, I mean, I have most of, I have some friends that are photographers, um, but I don't spend a lot of time really in the photography community. I don't know what, why that is really. <laughs> I think it's kind of, you know, I mean, I, I, um, I think when you're any, in, in any smaller city, it's very competitive. Um, and I don't find myself to be a competitive person at all. You know, I feel like I'm in my own world doing my own thing. And, um, and so the photography community here is definitely strong and there's been a lot of great photographers, a lot of great artists, a lot of great bands and musicians that have come out of Vancouver. Um, but, but yeah, I think it's really the challenge of, of, of having to create your own environment to, to create your own passion, to create your own vision that really, you know, I think is, is a great part about Vancouver. Yeah. Part of your work takes on sort of a more fine art approach. You do some really interesting stuff um, visually with with what's happening in the frame. And it makes for some really interesting uh, photographs. Tell me about that part of your willingness to experiment with with what can happen to a photograph that really appeals to you. 
so yeah, in the beginning, as I was explaining, um, you know, uh, I wanted to be an artist and I realized that's not really a viable option for me. So in photography in the beginning, I thought, well, maybe I could, you know, maybe I could make a living as a fine art photographer. And that was really, um, the, the abandoned spaces work. That was really where I think that that was the, the, the breeding ground for, for my love of fine art photography. Um, and then, you know, once I realized that, you know, living in Vancouver, it's not really an option to, to be a fine art photographer. And I felt like I was maybe limiting myself. So I think that, you know, the beautiful thing now is that I get to take that love of, of fine art and that sort of pursuit and meld it into, you know, into any work that I'm doing now. Uh, the Enigma series for me was really, um, it's some of my favorite work I've done. And it was a collaboration with a friend, Ben Tour, who is an illustrator. And he really just approached me and said, you know, you know, I, I love your photographs and, you know, we're friends. So what can we do together? So we, we, first of all, I contacted a friend of mine, Wendy Cook, who's a stylist, and I had her make these strange paper hats for us. And that's really all they are in those pictures. They're just very simple, uh, paper hats that are very graphic and, you know, and I think they, they, they emote some sort of, uh, you know, religious images or, or, uh, you know, um, almost a, um, yeah, I think that the, 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 what she came up with, it really set me into a direction. So I went into the studio with just the model and my friend Ben and the stylist, uh, and, uh, and a makeup artist friend of ours, uh, May Croft. And we, well, you know, going back to one of your first questions there, when we started shooting, I was kind of like, I wasn't getting what I wanted in the beginning. So we took down the, I took down some background paper and we ripped it up and we just started to build these shapes with the background paper and the model that we were working with, um, she, it was amazing. She was so, I think she was so comfortable with herself and she had, she just, she really knew how to move in front of the camera. So it was like this beginning frustration as we're kind of shooting and I'm just like, ah, oh, I'm not getting what I want. So again, I step back, I change the lighting. Um, I, you know, and, and I just let her do her thing and we just, we were just totally free and it was just such an amazing experience. And as I was shooting the pictures, I just already in my mind was getting a vision of what I want to do in post to those pictures to really bring them to life and to really to to make them what they are, as the, you know, in the end, which was um, using elements of, you know, geometry and graphic design and strong, bold colors uh, that I, I so after I'd done my post processing work, um, I sent the images over to Ben and he printed them off and then he went to work with ink and he inked up the photos and painted over the photos. Uh, and then he sent that ink work back to me of which I overlaid over the photographs again and I reworked them again. So it was really, it was a very long process of getting to the final image of those pictures. It was, um, you know, this, a long back and forth between Ben and myself of, of trying to find something that, that, you know, really got, got the idea across. I, I love the work. I mean, I just think it's such a fine blend of just of a, of all these very, very different aesthetics. Collect, individually, they work beautifully, but as a collection, I think it gets even stronger. Yeah, kudos on this body of work. It's awesome. Oh, thank you so much. Like I said, it was really, that was one of those, you know, um, 
as a, you know, as, as photographers, I think that, you know, we're always chasing a vision and, um, and that was really a, a breakthrough moment for me in, in, in developing my own look. And, and I think that's, that's for every photographer out there. Um, you know, I mean, it could take a year, it can take 10 years. It's really, um, it's, it's, it's trying to find that moment where you go, this is me. I'm, I'm pouring myself out to the world in this picture. Um, and, and that was definitely a very aha moment for me. And, and really, I think what defined, um, who I am as a photographer. Do, do you find that, you know, your beginnings as primarily like a, a street photographer lend you to working simply or a little simpler when it comes to working with, you know, in the studio or on location with models or are they just, am I comparing apples to oranges? Not at all. No. I mean, um, you know, in street photography, like I said, it's like, there's certain elements that we can control. Um, you know, I mean, if we go out at a certain time of the day at a certain time of the year, we know what kind of light we're going to have. Um, but, um, in the studio, in the beginning, you know, I started off very simple with one light. That was really it as I felt like, you know, it was important for me to know how to work with just a single light source. And, and when you work street when you work on the street or you shoot on the street or you use natural light, you know, I mean, other than using a reflector, you're, you're really at the, at the whim of, of that one light. So I, you know, I began with that and I worked my way up to more complicated lighting setups. Um, and I just got to a point where I thought, you know, it's just, I, I just didn't feel that I needed to have five, six or seven lights or anything like that in, you know, involved in, in, in the situation. I think that it's just overcomplicates things for me. And, and some of my favorite work, you know, of, of other photographers is really mastering a uh, very simple lighting setup and, and, and something that's just clean and simple and, and has an ambience about it. What kind of what, what kind of tools are you working with in terms of uh, working on the street and working on uh, in the studio? There are two different types of uh, of, of kit because I know some people work with large format or medium format in the studio and then work much more simply with a DSLR or mirrorless camera on the street. What, what's what's that for you? On the street, I think that the the best is to be incognito. So for that, having a small compact camera that's going to make a beautiful picture is really the most important thing. So right now, my absolute favorite thing is the Fujifilm X100T. Um, you know, when the first X100 came out, you know, I thought this is, you know, this is the perfect little camera. But I still had all these sort of, you know, all these things that I sort of wished that it had. And, and really, I think the T has, has done that for me. Um, it's very compact. Um, it makes beautiful pictures. It's very simple to operate. And I think it really, my, my first camera that I shot with was the, uh, was the Canon Canonet, uh, which oh, is yeah. a 35 mil fixed lens, little compact camera. Um, and so, you know, I think that having, I don't, I don't, when I go on the street, I don't bring extra lenses with the T obviously it's a fixed lens. And my other one was the XE one, which I still shoot with today, uh, with the 18 millimeter lens. It's, I don't, I don't like carrying a camera bag with a bunch of stuff with me. I, I, I don't know. I think I just like to, to, to have something very small and compact. Um, and then the studio, uh, I shoot Canon. I have a 5d Mark II that I shoot with in the studio. Um, which has been a real workhorse for me. Um, you know, I love that camera and, and I'm in the process right now of looking to move towards digital medium format in the studio. 
I think that it's, um, you know, having shot medium format film in the past, you know, I mean, there's no comparing a 35 millimeter negative to, to a medium format negative. It's just the, the tonal range, just the detail, everything that is there. It's really, you know, it's, it's very, very important to me to, to have something great to start with. So I think that, yeah, the, you know, digital medium format is going to be, uh, is going to be my next step for sure. Cool. Well, my last question that I ask each guest is I ask them to uh, recommend another photographer for listeners to discover and explore. And it can be anyone, someone you've long admired or someone you've recently discovered. So who would that one photographer be and why? Without a question, Sarah Moon. She, uh, her work, um, you know, if everybody goes and checks it out, there's a great Masters of Photography, uh, about a nine minute video that has an interview with her and shows a lot of her pictures. Um, and it really, her work just spoke to me immediately. Um, it's, it's just, again, a beautiful mix of, of fashion and of emotion and, uh, and imperfection. I think that's a, that's a very important thing that, you know, you know, seven years in now I'm discovering is that, that imperfection, um, is really what makes something real. Cool. And where can people go to find out more about you and, and your work? They can visit my website at www.kljf.com. Um, I do have a Facebook page, which is also uh, KLJF Photography, so they can go on there. Uh, you know, I post work and links and, and, and things like that. But, um, yeah, definitely go check out my website. Um, I'm also on Twitter, uh, KLJF Photo on there. Uh, you know, let's, uh, let's all share our work and share our passion of photography. Okay. I'll thank you again, man. It was good to talk to you again. Thank you so much, Aerobionics. It was a, it was a pleasure. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the show. The Candid Frame is brought to you by the generous contributions of listeners like you. To help support the work we do at TCF, please take the time to make a donation via PayPal for $10, $20, $50, or more. Your contributions have helped to make the show what it is. I'd also like to thank our audio engineer, Martin Taylor, who you can find at theothermartintaylor.com, and our music is provided by Kevin McLeod, whose royalty-free music can be found at incompetech.com. And this is Ibarian X, and this is The Candid Frame.